0: Dedicated to the survival of American democracy in an increasingly dangerous world, this is Secure Freedom Radio with Frank Gaffney, acted as Assistant Secretary of Defense for International Security Policy under President Ronald Reagan, founder of the Center for Security Policy in Washington, D.C., the go-to man for defense and foreign policy issues, joined by the greatest minds in the security policy business, the special forces in the war of ideas at Secure Freedom Radio. Welcome to Secure Freedom Radio. This is Frank Gaffney, your host and guide for what I think of as an intelligence briefing on the war for the free world. I've always been impressed by the extent to which people who are not native to this country, but nonetheless come here and love it, have an appreciation for what it stands for, what it means, not just to the people of this nation, but to the world writ large, particularly wherever they hail from. And this is certainly true of our first guest. His name is Nick Adams. He has come to this country some years ago and has fallen in love with it and has done an outsized job of trying to help the rest of us understand what a remarkable place it is. He has done it, among other things, through an organization called Foundation for Liberty and American Greatness, um, perhaps better known by its acronym FLAG. He has done it also through a number of books and countless essays. Uh, The most recent of those books is one we're looking forward to talking with him about today, Trump and Reagan, Defenders of America. You can follow Nick Adams, as I do, at Nick Adams in USA on Twitter. Nick, I couldn't be more pleased to have you on. It's been a long time since we've spoken on the air, and um, it's high time we do a stock-taking with you of what's happening to our country and what you're doing to try to help the rest of us appreciate uh, the importance of not letting some of the worst of those things take place. Welcome back to Secure Freedom Radio, my friend.
1: Frank, thank you very much for having me. It's terrific to join you, as it always is. You and I have a long, the left might call it checkered, history of uh, speaking together. And and, uh, it's always a meeting of the minds, and I always enjoy it. There are a lot of things going on in the United States of America today. And I'm just so grateful that we've got someone like you out there that provides the intelligence, that provides the research, And it makes people aware of exactly what's going on. So I'm looking forward to addressing a lot of those things today as we speak.
0: Good. Well, let me just say the only thing checkered about uh, our relationship and the media is that there's not enough of it. So we're really glad to catch up with you. So, Nick, let me ask you first and foremost to just tell us a little bit about FLAG and what you've been doing with it to try to help this country, and and then we'll get into some of the reasons why such help is so urgently needed.
1: Frank, I immigrated to the United States of America five years ago. Legally, and When for I the came record. Legally, of course, yes. And when I came, I surveyed the landscape, and I realized that conservatives had pretty much abandoned K-12 education, that we were fighting on the college campuses, we were fighting through policy, think tanks, we were doing some uh, different kinds of, of engagement in areas. But when it came to the K-12 schools, we kind of put that in the too hard basket. And so I decided to do something about that because I really think that all of the problems that we have in the United States of America today stem from the early childhood education that young Americans are receiving And so I set up the Foundation for Living in American Greatness flag to, number one, teach civics, and number two, help put patriotism back in K-12 education. And over the last five years, we've had tremendous success in doing that against all odds, fighting, of course, the teacher unions, fighting, of course, the leftist institution that is secondary education. And we created the world's first kid-friendly constitution. We did the same thing with the Declaration of Independence, the Federalist Papers. We produced another resource called the Citizen's Guide to the Electoral College. And we now have at least one of those four resources in the hands of more than one million young Americans all across the United States. So yeah, we're pretty delighted with that milestone. And we're really just getting started, Frank. There's there's so much that we have to do. We want to bring legal...
0: Let let me just say, before you move on to what else you need to do, um, the urgency of what you've just described has obviously become palpable to hundreds of millions of us, I think, in the past year with the insights people have obtained about what their kids are being taught that is not patriotic, that is not consistent with those founding documents or the great values of this country, uh, Nick Adams, and and not least, of course, uh, this uh, so-called critical race theory curriculum that has been widely adopted uh, at the hands of Black Lives Matter and its uh, its champions. Talk a little bit about the contrast between what is involved in that pedagogy and uh, what you've been promoting.
1: Well, that's absolutely right, Frank. Critical race theory and flags, vision, and work are diametrically opposed. I'd like to consider ourselves the antidote to this critical race theory. Look, critical race theory basically is the defamation of the United States of America. It, it unfairly, recklessly, and deliberately depicts the United States of America and our history as being racist, as being bad, and it's just not true. And unfortunately, when our children are of such an age where they are like a sponge and they soak up all of this stuff, when they're told so repeatedly that the country that they were born in, the country that they live in, is so awful, and has so much to apologize for, then naturally that's something that they carry with them for a lifetime. And what we're trying to teach, what Flags trying to teach our kids, Frank, is that this is the greatest country in the world, and the day that you're born here or the day that you move here is the day that you win the lottery of life. And we want to give them the confidence to defend America, and we want to give them the knowledge with which to protect America We want them to realize that it's indeed the founding principles contained in our founding documents that set this country apart from every other.
0: It's so fantastic that you're doing this, Nick, and uh, that you, you know, saw the need for it before it became obvious to the rest of us. And I, I do hope that there will be an outpouring of support for what you're doing and that those parents particularly who are now frantic about what's being taught to their kids and and the indoctrination really that it represents at odds and not just with the flag sort of program but with their own values. It will be you know incredibly heartened to learn about and uh, and take advantage of the efforts that you're making the materials that you're making available. Just quickly how can people both get access to that information Nick Adams and support it hopefully as well.
1: There are two websites Frank uh, flagusa.org that's flagusa.org uh, you can go on there and find out about the organisation you can make a donation you can order some of our resources that I was speaking about a few moments ago uh, we also have recently launched an initiative called patrioticboycotts.com that's patrioticboycotts.com it's a flag project and essentially any company that is Demonstrated themselves to be woke or too gutless to stand up to the woke agenda. uh, We highlight them on this particular website. And not only do we highlight them on this particular website, we also provide alternatives for people to do their business with. Well,
0: this brings me to the next topic that I wanted to cover with you. And I I know you had some other projects that you have in mind with Flag. And maybe we can get to those in due course, but just to get a couple of other topics covered with you, Nick, before we run out of time. The insights that you bring to this country from an outsider's perspective, though I'm delighted to hear that you are uh, well on the way to becoming a citizen of our country. We will be a great addition to uh, to this nation, needless to say. Uh, but Nick, uh, when you look at the state of our union at the moment, um, above and beyond what we're doing in our academic institutions, how would you characterize it today how How much trouble do you perceive we're in and do you anticipate that we will, as Americans have done historically, uh, respond in time to mortal perils and overcome uh, not least uh, I, I think a tremendously vexing problem of uh, what I call the enemy
1: within. America is in a world of trouble, Frank, without a doubt, and that is heightened by the fact that for the first time in America's history, it doesn't only have foreign enemies, it's also got domestic enemies. There are people here within the United States of America that are actively rooting for America's decline or even America's failure. So that means that the struggle...
0: Or worse yet, working hard to advance it. Precisely. It's not just rooting. And, and
1: means, alas. Yes. And and that means, Frank, that uh, we... Uh, what that means is that, that this is going to be a struggle of a magnitude unlike any other that the United States has previously had to overcome. Uh, now, it's easy to overlook the treasure in the United States with the situation being so dire. And there are still tens of millions of Americans that really are living up to the founders promise that do believe in the stuff that you and I believe in. But the problem is, of course, that the left is far more organized. They're far more passionate. They're far more strategic. And that's better resourced.
0: I think it's fair to say better, well.
1: better, better resourced without a shadow of a doubt. Yes. And so they're able to defeat us and and they're transforming our country into the ones that so many immigrants have left. And it's really astonishing to me. I mean, it's one thing for Americans that don't know anything else other than the country that they've lived in. Uh, they may not, of course, understand the greatness or what's special about it. But it's quite remarkable to me when you've got, immigrants to the United States of America that left somewhere to come here and now want to turn America into the place that they left, that really is very difficult for me to to put together.
0: Well, I I can somewhat understand people wanting to transform a place into something they're familiar with. Uh, What's harder to comprehend is the determination of people who've had the benefit of living in this country as you say, the blessing of of the liberty and opportunity that it uh, affords, Uh, who are so determined to turn it into places that uh, demonstrably do not provide either freedom, liberty, uh, or opportunity. And, and Nick, this brings me to the question about, basically, are, are we, before our very eyes, witnessing our country, this blessed United States of America being transformed into a kind of, well, I don't know, banana republic, Um, you know, third world style um, kleptocracy with uh, Marxist characteristics, as the Chinese might say.
1: Look, certainly uh, I I think that America is on a trajectory of full-blown socialism. I think in many ways uh, some of that has arrived already. And it's alarming, Frank. It's really alarming because people like me came to the United States of America because it was the one non-socialist country in the Western world. It was the one place where you could come and be you. And you had the freedom and you had the opportunity. No one stood in your way and you weren't held back by all of the things that you were held back by in other places, and yet, <clears throat> unfortunately, we're seeing all of that dissipate before our eyes because we we have these socialists here in the United States of America that that don't like America the way that it is. They don't like what America stands for. They don't love the things that you and I do about the United States. They want to transform America. Fundamentally, fundamentally
0: transform it, yes.
1: Yeah their words, not mine. I think the most recent terminology is reset America. They want to reset America. And uh, and they want to turn it into a socialist hellhole. And that's certainly not something that, that you or I are going to stand for.
0: The extent to which they have made accelerated progress in the past seven months of the Biden presidency, I think has taken a lot of people by surprise. Um, it would appear to me, but i'd be very interested again in your perspective, from the vantage point of somebody who is bringing a a, a decidedly objective assessment it seems to me at least uh, of our condition that that accelerated progress is. Partly because of the ambitions and the aggressiveness and the discipline and all of the other things that you've mentioned that are characteristics of what I would really not characterize as socialists. I, I think we're onto Marxists, if not full-on communists, but whatever the branding might be, they're aided and abetted, are they not, by what's been described as the controlled opposition of too many on the Republican side. Of the Isle, and we're watching this in, uh, in real time uh, today. Uh, the Senate, as we speak, is expected to adopt this infrastructure legislation um, with the support of some 18 Republicans. I'd be just very interested in sort of your view on: Is that what we're dealing with here? Is that why the left is getting away with um, mayhem? Really, the fundamental transformation of our country is that there is no effective and competent and determined, uh, loyal opposition.
1: Absolutely, Frank. Without a doubt, Republicans always cave. One of the reasons that we're in the position that we're in is, as we've discussed, uh, Republicans are nowhere near as determined, nowhere near as disciplined, nowhere near as prepared. We just don't have the stomach for the fight that the left does the last 60 years, the left in this country have wanted to destroy America more than we've wanted to protect it. And we see that primarily through how Republican elected officials have behaved over the last little while. And uh, this this uh, announcement this morning is just another in a long line of backdowns, of jelly-backed decisions and actions that, that are taken by Republicans. And you know, that was one of the things I think that was so refreshing about the president, President Donald Trump. Uh, he taught us how to fight, and yet, unfortunately, these guys still don't know how to fight, or, were still frank, they don't want to fight.
0: Yeah, well, they were mostly determined to fight against Donald Trump. I think it's fair to say, and and that that's a nice segue to your new book, uh, Trump and Reagan, um, you know, defenders of America, that uh, despite numerous differences, Uh, they really had in common a willingness to fight and an ability to do so with great effect. I had the privilege of, as you know, serving with President Reagan in his administration a lifetime ago, and remember vividly the incredible, adamant, you know, spare-no-expense opposition that he confronted, Uh, not least in uh, effecting very substantial Transformations here at home, but also in really transforming the world uh, by taking down the Soviet Union. Um, talk very quickly, if you would, about your book, uh, Trump and Reagan, and and why this is such an important uh, message for our time.
1: Look, uh, many of the criticisms about both Trump and Reagan, Frank, were identical: that that both men were overly simplistic, that they're intellectual, unintellectual, exploited white male resentments, that they were devoid of nuance. Uh, look, both have surrounded themselves with very successful self-made entrepreneurs who they appointed to the cabinet posts and high-level staff positions and advisory capacities, both cut regulations and taxes, both were very pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, pro-military, pro-God presidents, um, both remarkable campaigners, gifted communicators, both endured battles with the political establishment. And both had the ability to speak over the media and directly to the people. Both were in love with the outer space as humanity's final frontier and as an opportunity for global leadership. And then even the trivia stuff, Frank, really interesting. Both were around the same age when inaugurated. Trump was just seven months older than Reagan. Uh, they're the only two presidents to have ever been divorced. So... Uh, It's really as I drilled into this, uh, as I did the research for Trump and Reagan Defenders of America, I, I mean, I'd always seen the parallels. I even wrote about it in early 2016. uh, But when I really drilled down, I realised just how transformative, just how consequential, and just how
0: similar the two were. And how vital in their own ways at their own times, and uh, why we desperately need such leadership at the moment. I think there's no doubt about that. Especially, uh, Nick, and let me turn lastly to um, a topic that I know is very much on your mind as it is on mine, uh, namely, uh, the enemy without That is to say, the enemy that we are confronting, um, well, aiding and abetting the enemy within, uh, to be sure, but um, communist China and what it is up to. uh, At the moment, your native land, Australia, is feeling the brunt of um, the aggressiveness of the Chinese Communist Party. Um, We here in this country have, I think, all too slowly begun to recognize, um, partly thanks to losing... 600,000 of our countrymen at the hands of the Chinese Communist Party and its virus, the danger that we face from that quarter. Um, but we really see it playing out in real time in Australia, um, if not so clearly here. Um, talk a little bit about the Chinese Communist Party as you see it, Nick, and, and how vital it makes a kind of Reagan-esque or Trump-esque response um in this moment against that adversary
1: look the communist party of china is evil frank and they have ambitions to run the world and they have been working toward that goal both stealthily and more recently even more uh, outwardly uh they want to be in control of the world. They want to replace the United States as the superpower of the world. Over the last 20 years or so, they have been buying up all the land in Australia, and I believe that they've been doing a lot of that here in the United States now as well. Uh, we're dealing with an enemy that uh, that is very intelligent, very astute, and... um And prepared to do anything. Uh, We saw last year, and no one can convince me, Frank, that uh, this wasn't a deliberate action by the Chinese. I do believe that they uh, released this China virus on the world as retribution for Donald Trump being their foe and being the one that uh, got the better of them in the trade deals and all of that kind of stuff. This was aimed at stopping him and stopping America. And so, uh, uh, you know, this—I uh, mean, I'm—I'm I'm under no illusion at all of what China is and wants to be, and nor should any other American, because uh, this is this is the this is the big fight for the 21st century, and if this is a Chinese century, it will not be a free century.
0: And as you look around the world, um, I, I'm sure that. You have particular appreciation, uh, especially with uh, you know your neighbor uh, down under New Zealand uh, having fallen very much under the sway of the Chinese Communist Party and to some extent Australia itself, as you say but uh, we've just done a report with the Committee on the present danger China uh, Captive Nations coalition about the belt and road initiative and I just wonder Nick in closing if 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 you've taken stock, as we've tried to, of the tremendous inroads that the Chinese have made through this so-called infrastructure build-out. I think it's really an imperial uh, build-out of uh, truly epic proportions, some 140 now out of uh, a total of some 195 countries around the world are embroiled in one form or fashion or one degree or another in this uh, um, debt-trap-financed enterprise of uh, Xi Jinping. And uh, your your thoughts on how much that really reinforces the point you've just made, that we are uh, on a trajectory to a world dominated by the Chinese Communist Party and unfree and unsafe for our own interests and values.
1: Very much so, Frank. Very much so. Look, you've got to understand that the the Chinese Communist Party, uh, the people that run it, are sneaky. They're sneaky people, they're deceitful people, and they want to uh, They they believe that they're superior to us. That's that's what's at the heart of everything and that's what a lot of a lot of people don't want to speak about because they're terrified of going into racial territory and of you know I've often heard even conservative commentators say well I'm talking about the Chinese communist party not the lovely chinese people and there's a lot of truth to that that's fine but we don't really need to be i mean we don't really need to be i think uh tiptoeing around those eggshells all the time the fact is that it's very strong in Chinese culture that the white man is inferior to Chinese people. Yeah, absolutely. And uh and so that is kind of I think it's not just ideation. the white
0: man, it's it's all other uh races all and ethnicities well. too. Yeah. There's a Han supremacist phenomenon, there's no doubt about it. Nick, this is a topic to which I hope we might return, um as as with respect to all of these issues, if we may soon with we- It's been, again, too long since we've talked, and uh, there's so much more to cover. Do come back to us soon if you would. But in the meantime, congratulations on the great work you're doing with your enterprise, the Foundation for Liberty and American Greatness. You can find it again, folks, at flagusa.org. And pick up a copy of Nick's terrific new book, Trump and Reagan, Defenders of America. Nick Adams, come back to us soon. In the meantime, stay well, my friend. God bless your work. Next up, we'll speak with Congressman Pete Hoekstra, the former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, about a man who serves on it who may be working for China. That and more right after this. Visit us at Facebook.com slash Secure Freedom with Frank Gaffney.